It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Joe Biden came in with the goal of a steady hand and inspiring new confidence in America. But a new poll from The New York Times shows he has a 33 percent approval rating and a deep disconnect with American voters. What lessons can he learn from the current numbers? And are the numbers really in the headline? What matters most? Should Democrats be depressed? Should Republicans be spiking the ball? Let's get past the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, the numbers for President Joe Biden uh, are not good by any stretch of the imagination, regardless of how you feel about the president, whether you voted for him or not, or believe that the policies he's pursuing are good for the American people. So let's go through the numbers first and foremost, and then we'll break down what it actually means, what it means to you, what it means for what's coming ahead. So the big numbers, I think, that are startling to the White House, again, that 33 percent approval rating is a very tough one. Uh, There are also uh, a lot of numbers that should be concerning to Democrats from the Democratic Party within the party. Uh, 33 percent of Democrats believe that the president should not run for reelection in 2024. 33 percent say because of his age. 32 percent say because of poor job performance or leadership. And 10 percent say because he's not progressive enough. So interesting breakdown from inside the Republican Party. One of the other challenging things, I think, for the White House is 76 percent of all Americans believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. And so when looking at these numbers, uh, many Republicans are sort of spiking the ball today and having a lot of fun uh, with the numbers and the, the numbers that are struggling for the president. But I would just caution everyone to just step back. We are light years away. Uh, and just for a little historic perspective, uh, back in March of 1991, so the year before the election year, President George H.W. Bush hit an all-time high in approval ratings for presidents. <laughs> Imagine this today, a 90% approval rating. It was 89.7%. We rounded up to 90%. A uh, few people imagined that a year later, just a little over a year later, that he would be defeated uh, by an upstart start governor from Arkansas in Bill Clinton. And so the numbers that we see today for President Biden uh, are not etched in stone. They are not a noose around his neck politically. Uh, and there are plenty of opportunities for the president to pivot and to have things change. And things will change. I'm telling you things will change. Things will change based on what happens during the midterm elections coming up this fall. And that will be a big indicator for the president, whether he's able to push an agenda forward that he can really run on in 2024 uh, or whether he has to to battle a Republican controlled House and Senate, uh, which would really change the calculation, I think, for everyone. But the bigger question for me and the question I hope that we're all really getting to is the path forward question. It's so easy to pile on the president when everything is going south, when his numbers are low 
And when inflation is high, gas prices are high, grocery prices are high, and there's this disconnect with the American people. And so the question then becomes, one, what can the president do to pivot and to change direction? Uh, And two, are Republicans offering any alternative that is a forward-focused look at the numbers? Uh, Also interesting to note, just some other numbers that are out there today. Uh, Interesting numbers for former President Trump, uh, who is, of course, hinting at uh, jumping into the 2024 race early. Uh, Not all good there either. Uh, The former president uh, doesn't even win in places like New Hampshire and Iowa against uh, people like uh, the governor of Florida and so on. Uh, So interesting numbers all the way around. And what it really tells me is that people are not content with either side because no one's really painting a vision of how the forward movement looks. So let me give you an example. With President Biden, I think his biggest challenge is he continues to talk about a strong economy. Best in 40 years, he continues to say. And most Americans are saying, that's not what I feel. That's not what I'm living around my kitchen table. And it's not that the president isn't being truthful. The numbers the president cites are absolutely right in terms of, of jobs and where the economy is. The problem for the president is he can tout those numbers all day long, but that doesn't translate into what the American people are feeling. And they're not going to get so deep into the weeds to say, oh, oh, that's a good thing. The president sent a good thing there. They're just saying, no, I'm, I'm really tired of high gas prices. I'm tired of not being able to make ends meet every month when I look at my budget. And so the president's got to change his communication strategy to match the policy strategy. And he, he can call out the positive things. And there are positive things happening in the economy. And he should do that. And the president also needs to point out, I know this does not help you feel the pinch or the pounce of what you're experiencing when it comes to high prices or that the raise you may have received at work isn't keeping up with the pace of inflation. And he can point out and say, now, look, these these numbers of the economy, they're not helping. They're not going to help you feel better today, but they're going to be really important about six months from now. And I'm going to remind you of that in about six months from now uh, and then start laying out the policies to move it forward. Likewise, on the Republican side, there's been a number of op-eds and pieces uh, around the country from uh, from pundits and politicians and everybody in between uh, in terms of what is wrong with the Republican Party. And that is fine. That is good. That's a good discussion for Republicans to have. But if all of those end looking backwards to either January 6th or to the previous president, uh, that is not a winning strategy. And Republicans have to look at what is the path forward. It's not the path backwards. It's not just wagging fingers and shaming people or saying, I told you so. Uh, That's not helpful. What's helpful is a forward vision, a forward-looking vision. Someone who I think is getting very close to getting on that message is the current governor of Maryland, Governor Hogan. Uh, The Maryland governor, of course, is obviously looking at running for president. Uh, He is term-limited in Maryland. Uh, But I want to play just a little bit of what he's been saying and the position he's making in terms of how do we actually move the conversation forward. We had our battles and we didn't get everything done that we wanted to get done, but we did cut taxes eight years in a row by $4.8 billion. Um, We eliminated 14,000 regulations. We took our economy from 49th to 6th, biggest economic turnaround in America. Wow. We went from a place where no one wanted to do business and they were all leaving to uh, a place that's growing businesses and jobs like crazy. We have 
you know, we're growing jobs at twice the rate of the rest of the country, and we, our economy's booming. Um, but really, the, with the legislature, look, it, uh, we came in right away. I had the I had the people behind me, and throughout most of the eight years, we've been over seventy percent approval among every demographic group, and we use that. So pu- we have the public, including Democrats and independents, lighting up their legislators, telling them we want to cut taxes. So, beating the governor of Maryland in a very blue, probably the bluest of the blue states. He's been called a rhino because he regularly works across the aisle because he has a uh, a legislature in this in his state that is mostly Democrats. So he has to work across the aisle. But I love the way he framed this in terms of here's how you can disagree with somebody and still get something done. It's the toughest state in the country. It is the bluest state in the country if you go by presidential election results. Um, and uh, we've been really successful. And I've been arguably, you know, in the top three most popular governors in the country for eight straight years uh, among Republicans, Democrats and independents. And that's that's hard to do. Uh, but I get yeah, it is a little frustrating because I'm a lifelong common sense conservative. I was a chairman of Youth for Reagan. I, I was going to ask know, you I'm about a, I'm that. I'm a solid, you know, conservative. But, you know, we're winning battles on really important things uh, just because we're not maybe out there making as much noise on on Twitter about certain things. Yeah, is it, it might tone? turn off some I think a lot of it is tone. I mean, we're we're working hard standing up for the things we believe in, but I'm all, I also by necessity um, and by just the you know the way I actually believe I, I I think you have to work across the aisle to get things done. And that's why I think all of the most popular elected officials in the country are Republicans in blue states, governors, you know, Charlie Baker and uh, and Sununu and Phil Scott is because, you know, we can't get anything done without convincing some Democrats. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know, working across the aisle is really popular with voters. It's popular among Republicans and independents and Democrats. Governor Hogan uh, finally rounded things out, talking with, about a warning for Republicans that there are some who are going to just focus on issues that solely fire up the base, but no one else. You know, I had the exact same support among Republicans and conservatives as Donald Trump did. I just happened to add to that uh, by... You know, being successful at also convincing other people to come over, including, you know, suburban women and moderates and independents and swing Democrats, which is something, you know, that we haven't done well as a party, which is why, you know, we lost the White House and the Senate and the House and we lost governor seats and state legislative bodies because they did the opposite of what I did. They played to the base, but they didn't attract any converts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, successful politics is about addition and multiplication. So that's, I think, what the Republican Party should be focused on. You know, the things where we can gain, you've got to get to 50% plus one. You can't keep, you know, we've lost the popular vote seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That's no way to, you know, for a successful long-term future for the party. Fascinating insight from the governor of Maryland. And so as you look at where we are politically, interesting, President Biden might want to take a cue or follow the lead of someone who might be his opponent in 2024 in terms of how do you get things done? How do you connect with the voters? How do you make sure you have a message strategy that is equal to the policy strategy? The American people are starving for that kind of conversation. And whichever party does that first and does that best will win the midterms in 2024. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. 
they said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.